This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And today we are in Mark chapter 6 at a story that is often referred to. So you're probably familiar with, with the story of when Jesus walked on the water. I love um, Christy McClellan's insight on Peter that I'll share a piece of, but again, I would refer you to her podcast called Pearls for that. So we are going to talk this over with Hattie and David, who I'm sure are going to be blown away by the story. And I hope you are inspired and um, enjoy this story as we move forward. Hi, Hattie. Hi, David. Hi. Hi. Well, we're going to do us. We're, we're, we're going to talk through Mark chapter six. The next, the next, I hate to call these stories because they really aren't stories. No, they actually happened. So yeah, they're, they're, they're like history, which I guess is a story, but it's not a story in the once upon a time story kind of way. No, I can see that. Although some of these are better than those stories. I think so. I agree with you, David. So anyway, this one is a famous one. Most people have heard this one or heard it referred to. And this one is about the time that Jesus walks on the water. He does what? Walks on the water? Yes. Wow. Yes. Now, what's interesting is both the circumstances and who gets to do it with him. That would be so fun. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So let's get into the story. We are in verse 45. Now, remember, he is just done feeding the 5,000. And this crowd had followed him around the Sea of Galilee. And so we hit one of those words that is one of Mark's favorite. Immediately. Oh, you remember, Hattie. Good job. You're right. Immediately. This is another immediately. So we, we've kind of left immediately until now. So here it is. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. Wait, so he sends all of the apostles in the boat and stays there with the whole crowd by himself? Wow! Yeah, so he had really wanted them to rest, remember? And they'd been out in the boat, but people followed them. And he had compassion on them, despite the fact that everybody was tired. And so he sends the apostles on. Now, Bethsaida was one of the places that they went quite often. And so, you know, they know to go and prepare and whatever they needed to do. But it also gave them another rest. Yeah. And after he had taken leave of them, which would mean the crowd, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully. For the wind was against them. 
And about the fourth watch of the night. Watch that. All right. So, first of all, let's explain that most people, most Jewish people, were raised in a culture that um, is very different than ours. And actually, this is something we should do. You remember in Genesis when it said that evening and morning were the first day? Yeah. So the idea was to prepare for the next day by considering the evening the first part of it. Oh, so they kind of considered the day over at a certain time in the afternoon and got ready for... They were getting ready for bed, but they were also getting ready for the next day. Right. So that's why Jesus is left on this mountain. Because you really, to be left out at night was considered spooky, among some other things. Um, so anyway, so Jesus is left there, and he's left alone. And he goes up and he prays in the mountain. And... There were watches at the night. So if you started at the first part of the night where it was still kind of light to sundown and that kind of thing, then there were the, the night was divided between there and sunrise into four different times. And that was really about guarding the camp is what that was about. So if you considered it like 6 o'clock at night to 6 o'clock in the morning, that's 12 hours. So it was about a three-hour watch. So he's coming at them in the fourth watch. Um, of the night. About the fourth watch of the night. So we're talking three-ish, four-ish in the morning. Dark. So dark. You're right. And early. But they're having a hard time, for the wind was against them, it said. You're right. So they're they're paddling away. They've left from even before the first watch started. And they've been paddling away to go to Bethsaida this entire time. No fun. No rest. You're right. So, um, and about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea now wait the wind was whipping up the waves it was hard for the boat to go and here jesus just goes walking on the sea yeah yeah he meant to pass by them wait what yeah so here he goes walking and he's he's walking by them they're going so slow that he can walk by them and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, so he's hoping that they're really not paying attention to him and just kind of holding their own in the boat. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. Ah! Oh, no! Yeah. So they, <laughs> they really can't imagine that it's Jesus. They're just going, oh, my goodness, we're about to be, you know... This the storm is about to take us. They were just they were just totally totally panicked, and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them, and said, "Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid." 
And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. Whoa. Wait, you said somebody got out of the boat. You're right. And you know what? It's not that recorded in Mark. But actually, Peter asked to get out of the boat and come to him. And that's recorded in another gospel. How come one gospel doesn't record everything another gospel does? Well, here's the thing. Mark was probably not there for this story. So he knew about the story, and he had gotten the story together, but he didn't get everything. The other thing is that Mark is being led by the Spirit to, to, to do these stories in a very intriguing way, and that is to make the point of who Jesus is in every single one of these stories. So the story isn't about anything other than that. So he just kind of cuts out that that whole dynamic. Oh. Is that why there's four Gospels? Yes, that's probably part of the reason there are four Gospels. I'm pretty sure. I can't answer that because God's in charge of that, so I'm not going to really answer that, but... I see. So we get four different... Four different sides of the story. Yeah. Yeah. All guided by God. So when we read this story somewhere else, we'll get to color in that part? You're right. We'll get to color in that part. Oh, that'll be cool. So anyway, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. So last time they were terrified that the wind and the waves got quiet. This time they're astounded. There's a difference there. Yeah, what's the difference? Well, they were really, really fearful the first time, remember? And they were kind of asking, who is this guy? Maybe they had, first of all, figured out he could do that. And second of all, because this is the second time, and second of all, um, he doesn't say anything this time. He just gets into the boat. Why? What? Yeah, he doesn't say anything. Except to tell them to take heart and his eye do not be afraid. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything to the storm at all. They were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the lows. What does that have to do with it? Well, you remember they were terrified because they really didn't know who Jesus was. And even though they figured out that he can do certain things, they didn't realize that he was Lord and creator of all yet. Oh, so they're astounded because they've started figuring out he can do things, but... They haven't figured out who he is yet. Right. Right. And so that, and it says, sadly, it says, but their hearts were hardened. Hardened? I think sometimes, and I didn't understand this term either, but I think sometimes when we see something and we, you know how you come up with solutions in your head and go, nah, that can't be true. Yeah. I think that's what the disciples kept doing. Like, could he be, 
Because they wanted him to be the Messiah. But what they meant by Messiah um, is, in his term, what they meant by Messiah was that he was a son of David and would be king and would somehow extend forever. They didn't correlate him as the son of God, as in the Messiah was going to be God. They didn't understand that part at all. And so when he starts doing these things, they don't understand the correlation. And even though they're going, okay, only God could do that. 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 They're not going, wow, maybe he's God. Because every time they go, oh, no, he couldn't be God. He's, he like eats fish. Oh, no, he couldn't be God. He's like a human walking around with us. Oh, no, he couldn't be God. He gets tired. Oh, so they were having a hard time. Yeah, and so every time one of these things happen, they're like, oh, you know, he's being empowered by God to do this, but they don't really correlate who he is. Well, that's no good. He's surrounded by 12 people who are the closest to him, and they still don't know? Right. They still don't know. That would be frustrating. I'm afraid it would be, David. I think it would be very frustrating. Um, so let's keep reading for this a second. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countrysides, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So that he wasn't really saying anything. He just kind of walked by and, 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 and maybe touched the sick where they touched him and he got well. Yeah. But is that really what he wanted to do? That's an interesting question because he's wanting to teach them, but they're not getting who he is. Not at all. Not even his disciples. Right. So he's bringing them healing and he's waiting for something. Um, and so we'll have to read further to see what that, what, how that happens, what finally happens that makes them go, oh, wait, that makes sense. Totally. So who wants to pray? I don't know. I think you should pray for this one. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, what you do sometimes we just don't get. We just don't understand. We can't comprehend. It's too big. It's too bold. It's too honest sometimes and open. We just don't get it. And these disciples, despite the fact that they knew Jesus, just could not wrap their heads around the fact that he was your son. 
And Jesus, we thank you for putting up with human beings. We're just a very frustrating lot. So Lord, I ask today that for myself and David and Hattie and everybody listening, that you would make sure we don't harden our hearts. Lord, we ask you to help us to always have soft hearts to you. And if we may have question marks, we may have wondering, but never let us close close the door on that without... With, help us never to close the door on that and what you're doing and harden our heart. Help us at least to leave the wonder open until you show us all, all things as you will when you come. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us. Thank you, Father God, for all that you've given us. Um, you are creator of all things. And at this point, that should have been obvious. But it's obvious to us because we're approaching the story with the understanding ahead of time. It might have been a very much more confusing at the time. Thank you for guiding us and guarding us and giving us your Holy Spirit to guide us and guard us and for praying for us in intercessory prayer every day, every moment. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much. So much. In your precious name. Amen. 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 Well, this has been Trained by Grace, too, with Catherine Elizabeth. And I, I hope your heart has been softened by these words of God and that the seeds have been planted, if not already grown in your life, for you to understand that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But he sent God the Son to save us from our sins and to be our anointed one, our leader, our king, and our God. To the glory of God the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to bless, I want to bless you in Jesus' name. To have softened hearts, see the wonder in Jesus. And see the wonder in the life that God has for you. Help us to rejoice in hope and be patient in tribulations. Always praying. Um, which is a verse I read, but I lost the, <laughs> lost the address of that one. I'll have to put a pin in that and find it. But remember, God is excellent and you are one of His Excellencies. Have a great day. This is Trained by Grace 2, and 
If you're listening to this podcast, I wanted to say thank you. And there are various things you can do as a next step. Number one, if you need to know more about Jesus being your Savior and Lord, please get a hold of me via email at trainedbygrace2, all one word, trainedbygrace, trained, T-R-A-I-N-E-D, by grace2, at gmail.com, and put in the subject line podcast um, for all of these options. So if you need to know more about Jesus, please get a hold of me or someone you know who knows Christ. Um, if you would like to be part of this prod- podcast proclaiming his excellencies, you can put subject line podcast. would like to be part of proclaiming God's excellencies. If you would like to have a resource, have a Bible sent to you, please put that in the email. If you have a prayer request, put that in the email. So thank you for getting in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And may you be blessed um, and know Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And remember, you are one of God's excellencies.